This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Like the woman at the well I was seeking For things that could not satisfy And then I heard my Savior speaking Draw from my well that never shall run dry Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord Come and quench this thirsting of my soul Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more Fill my cup, fill it up and make me There are millions in this world who are craving The pleasure earthly things afford But none can match the precious treasure That I find in Jesus Christ my Lord Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord Come and quench this thirsting in my soul Bread of Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me whole. So, my brother, if the things this world gave you leave hungers that won't pass away, my blessed Lord will come and save you if you kneel to Him and humbly pray. Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me whole. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul cleansing blood of the Yes, are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? 
Welcome to our services, midweek uh, Lenten services. We'd like to invite you uh, to come to our services at Little Falls uh, at 6.30 in the evening, and at 6 o'clock will be these broadcasts also if you can't make it to worship. Uh, Neighbors United in Christ is made up of three congregations of Trinity, Deronda, and Little Falls, and we are glad to have you be a part of these services. So welcome. Let us pray as we begin this worship service. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Continue with confession and absolution. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of sin. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things we have done and things we have failed to do. Turn us again to you and uphold us by your spirit so that we may live and serve you in newness of life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I'd like to say to you, God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. We'll continue with another song. Amazing grace, how sweet the song that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fear. 
On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I cherish. Despised by the world as a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. So I cherish the old rugged cross. Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown To the old rugged cross I will ever be true It shame And he'll call me someday to my home far away, where his glory forever I'll share. So I cherish the old rugged cross, till my trophies at last I lay down. I will I am thirsty. From John 19, verses 28 and 29. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. Well, it's one of the last words that Jesus spoke. He said, I thirst. It's one of those that we've been sharing back and forth. And as I was getting ready for this, I kept going back to uh, the woman at the well because it talked about living water and where you would never have to thirst again. And I kept thinking, how do we tie those two together? 
And as I got into that story, it's there that I'd like to share some thoughts. So I'll read from John, the uh, fourth chapter, verses seven and on. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan wo woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus said to her, to her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give, that I shall give him, will never thirst. The water that I shall give him will become uh, in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Well, Jesus said, well, go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and he whom you now have is not your husband. This you said truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such the Father seeks to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will show us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. But then his disciples came and they marveled that he was talking with a woman, but none said, what do you wish or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the city and said to the people, come and see the man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And it goes on and then the Samaritans finally come back and after hearing her testimony, it is no longer because of your words that we believe for we have heard for ourselves and we know that this indeed is the savior of the world. As I read this story, uh, Keith Riedlow, pastor from Our Saviors, shared with us what he had heard, and I, I really liked it. He said, he showed her who she was so she could see him for who he was. Did you catch that? He showed her who she was so she could see for who he was. As you look at the progression of this story, you see some interesting things. This woman was interesting. She started off and by saying, what are you, a man, basically, talking to a woman. But then she said, but you're a Jew. What are you talking to a Samaritan? So he saw, she saw him first as a man and then as a Jew. And then all of a sudden, when he talks to her about 
her wedding or her marriage status, you must be a prophet. And then as he continues talking to her, she starts talking about the Messiah. And then at the end, she becomes the evangelist who shares. Now, that's how she viewed Jesus. But what about the woman? How did she progress in this? I like the fact that she was one who asked questions. So, but first of all, we'd say she was an outcast. She came at the middle of the day when no other women were there. No one else was drawing water. And again, she was a woman and a Samaritan and was dealing with a Jewish man. But because of her questions, it showed a spirit of learning. And then when he pushed her as to who she was, she announced that she was a broken person, a person who lived in broken relationships. Now, we don't know. The five husbands sounds like a lot, but in those days, if one, her, her first husband died, she had to marry the brother, and, and they had some interesting ways of dealing with it. But the fact that she was now no longer living uh, in marriage herself, there's a broken relationship going on. And in hearing that and seeing that he knew that, without condemning her, she then got excited as she heard about, heard about this living water and she became that evangelist. Isn't that interesting? Jesus broke a lot of rules here. One is he was talking to a woman in a public place like that, that wasn't totally acceptable. But more than that, being a Jewish man, he was talking to a Samaritan. Even the disciples marveled that he was talking with this woman. What's going on? Jesus broke those barriers. He was one who was willing to ask us, who do you go to? What are the preconceived ideas do you have? Because he was gonna offer living water, not just to Jewish people, but to everybody. We start to see the crack in the wall and we start seeing how it is opening up to everyone. But we need to keep asking those questions that she asked about, living water and what are you doing talking to us because Jesus wants us to go to those who might be outcast, who may not fit in, who may struggle with relationships. And if that's the case, we need to learn from this story. Broken relationships we all deal with. Jesus is asking us to deal with them and dealing with who we are so we can see who he is and how he is one who heals relationships. He heals people and he offers us something that's much more than a glass of water. It's a living water that becomes a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Something awful beautiful about that, isn't it? The water that comes into us wells up like a spring of water refreshing and she goes and starts talking to the people and she didn't fear being the outcast anymore and isn't it interesting she went back come see a man who told me all that i ever did can this be the christ and she was so excited that she caught other people's attention and in getting their attention they came to hear and they actually asked jesus to stay a couple of days 
And it is no longer your words that we believe. We have heard for ourselves, so we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world, a whole Samaritan village, hearing it because this one woman met Jesus at the well. But what does this mean for us when we hear the words, I thirst on the cross? It was not just that Jesus had a physical thirst there because he had been beaten. I mean, there were all sorts of reasons why he was thirsty. And that's one of those things that's really hard to get away from. But I think he was talking not only about that physical thirst, but there's also that thirst for all humanity who needed and needs living water. He was on the cross for us. He was on the cross so that water, that life-sustaining thing that, that we get when we drink, is why he was there. And he was still offering that living water, but he was living, he was asking, I think, for that thirst that he had for all people to receive it. So it has a much more deeper spiritual consequential element to it than just a physical thirst. Jesus on the cross, dying for us and thirsting that we would receive living water from his death, but more importantly, his resurrection. So as we listen, may our thirst grow so that we look to Jesus to give us the living water that will take us through eternity. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we ask for your living water. We ask that we would drink deeply and in receiving it would become excited like the woman at the well and tell all those around us of water that will help us to never thirst again. May our longing for righteousness, for love, for compassion and mercy and justice grow in us each day. And may it spread. Amen. Let's continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. May you walk with Jesus May you learn from Jesus, and may you grow in your faith like the woman at the well, so that you share it and live it every day. Blessings as you go. Amen. Jesus, keep me near the cross.
thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. There